Hello, my beautiful beans, and welcome to today's episode. This episode is all about insecurities. I'm going to be talking about big insecurities, small insecurities, acute insecurities, and chronic as well. All different kinds of insecurities. I'm going to be talking about why they happen, when they most commonly happen, and what you can do about it as well, and how it how it manifests as well. I'm going to be talking about when you have an insecurity, what are the ways in which it can manifest because different people can behave in different ways when they become insecure and when they're feeling insecure. So there's a lot to think about today. Um, you're going to realise that, if you haven't already, most of us have insecurities. It's not it's not um, rare at all for people to have insecurities. But there's a difference. There are some people that have, you know, these little quick bursts of insecurities that happen and that's kind of the brain protecting you. It's putting on the brakes, being like, oh, should you be doing that last time? It wasn't that great. But then you're easily able to overcome it and then you move on and that insecurity is a thing of the past. Whereas for some people, they have insecurities that are quite paralyzing and it stops them from, you know, doing certain things at work. It stops them from putting themselves out there whether it's on a dating app or in person when it comes to romance because they feel like they've been shut down. Um, it also stops them from doing certain things um, in a social setting because they don't feel confident with how they are socially or that they don't feel confident with how they look or what their body looks like or their own um, ability to start a conversation or how interesting or smart they think they are. So it, could, it ranges in how heavily insecurities can affect your life. So that's what this episode is going to be about. Now... Um, I am going to talk about a little brain fact. This is a fun fact. It's going to be short and sweet. And then we're going to get straight into the topic of today, which is, of course, insecurities. Now, the brain fact that I want to talk about is brain phrases and a little bit about headaches, but mainly brain phrases. So what is a brain freeze and why does it happen? What is the deal? So a brain freeze, most of us have experienced it. I think some people have different names for it, but I only know it as brain freeze, I'm pretty sure. Um is the rapid onset headache when you eat something cold, okay? You have a Slurpee, you have ice cream, whatever. If you're eating it too quickly, you're cooling down your mouth and your throat way too fast. Your brain doesn't like, you know, rapid change. So it kind of rebels by giving you this, this very quick onset headache, this kind of tension pain that you feel. Often it's kind of in the frontal lobe area, that f- like your f- forehead kind of area. So what's actually happening? When you swallow something cold, the temperature is changing really quickly and it's actually changing the temperature in the area of your throat or kind of up above and behind your throat. In particular, it's the juncture of the internal carotid artery, which is the artery that sends blood to the brain and also the anterior cerebral artery. So when the cold hits, these vessels contract and dilate really quickly. Um, They're kind of like in a panic, like, whoa, what the fuck's going on kind of thing. And when that happens, all the meninges around the brain, these receptors that are surrounding the brain interpret this as pain and send pain signals. Pretty much the reason it's sending you pain signals is to tell you to stop doing what you're doing. It doesn't like, you know, quick changes and it wants you to cease eating something so cold so quickly. It's not causing you damage per se, but it's your brain kind of protecting itself by saying this is painful stop doing what you're doing because it doesn't understand it pretty much so even now this is what I found really interesting about brain freezes which scientists actually use brain freezes to study headaches a lot because you can't actually in in a lot of cases ethically induce a headache and in pretty much all cases you can't really induce a migraine so it's really a really good way of studying headaches because what I found really interesting is that your brain itself does not perceive pain. No headache, no matter if it's a tension headache, a migraine, a brain freeze, um, whatever headache it is, no headache is 
is the pain coming from within the brain. While it feels like your brain is pulsating and throbbing and hurting, it's not actually coming from the brain because the brain is great at communicating to you what what pain is happening around your body, very specific where it is, very specific on what type of pain. It itself cannot sense pain, okay, not even migraines. So when it feels like your brain is in excruciating pain, it's not actually your brain hurting. The pain is coming from the nerves, the muscles, and the blood vessels that are surrounding your brain, your head, and your neck. So if they swell, if things are too tight, if your sinuses are swelling, then this can cause different kinds of headaches for different purposes. So I thought that that was really interesting because, you know, obviously I always thought that it was coming from inside the brain before I understood that the brain itself cannot, um, doesn't have pain receptors, it can't feel pain. But... What this does mean, because obviously there are, there are times where people get these horrible migraines, horrible headaches, and it turns out that they've got a brain tumour and people are thinking, okay, well, what does that mean then? That's because there's pressure in some area of the brain and this excessive pressure can cause the onset of headaches. So the pressure can be in, internally or externally and the pressure is what is giving off that pain signal. So that is the fun brain fact for today. Now let's get straight into today's episode all about insecurities. There's a whole bunch of shit that I want to get through, so let's dive straight in. So firstly, let's talk about what is insecurity? What is feelings of insecurity? I kind of looked up all these different meanings and I found the most common ones that would crop up. And the main ones were insecurity is uncertainty or anxiety about oneself, the feeling of inadequacy and uncertainty, a lack of confidence or the state of being open to danger or threat, the feeling of a lack of protection. Okay, so I get, we can pretty much all kind of relate to that on some level, one of those, if not all of those descriptions. Now, like I mentioned at the start of the episode, there's kind of two types. There's the acute, it's specific to one thing that is happening. Like, for example, if you just got rejected by somebody, in general, your confidence levels to turn around and quickly put yourself out there again are going to be lower than normal. Not for everyone. Some people just aren't insecure when it comes to the dating scene, but that might be the case. But it's acute. You're feeling insecure about a specific thing that happened in that moment and then you can kind of bounce back. Um, You might have just been fired. So your confidence levels are based on your performance. So your confidence levels about getting another job are going to be like, fuck, can I even go for that role? Because I just got fired for the exact same role because my performance wasn't good. So you're feeling insecure about your abilities, okay? But then there's chronic insecurity and this can either happen in one area in your life but it's all the time like, and it's kind of tied. It can be tied to in conjunction with social anxiety or different kinds of anxiety. So for example, you might feel insecure every time you have to talk to people or every time you have to put yourself out there. You just don't feel comfortable with who you are, with what you have to offer. You feel embarrassed. You feel that you're being judged. You feel that people are looking at you or laughing at you. Um, So that's an insecurity. Or it could be just insecure when in the dating scene, at work, you're not confident with your abilities. It could be an underlying thing in one or many areas of your life, okay? So you might have one of that or one or both of those things. So often I would say most people do have acute insecurities, okay? It's it's pretty common. Now both can be addressed and you can release your ties and feeling like a hostage to both of these 
things. Now, it's not to say that after listening to this podcast and after doing the work that you're never going to feel insecure again. Not at all. What I'm aiming to do with this is when feelings of insecurity crop up, you're able to intercept them and get rid of them as quickly as possible. That's what the aim of this episode is because you're going to understand that your brain, when your brain sends you these ideas and concepts that make you feel insecure, it's actually doing it to protect you. As warped as that is, it is a protective mechanism, okay? So for someone who's insecure, you, you're probably going to be, let's say you right now you're listening to this and you're an insecure person about whatever topic it is, okay? You're, list, you're constantly reminding your brain of how bad it could be. I can't go to this event because people just, I just, I can never have a conversation with someone. I feel like people always misunderstand me. I never get the joke I'm, or I can never be funny. People always walk away from me. I feel insecure. I'm not good enough. I don't have anything to offer. So if you feel that way and you keep telling yourself that about any social event that you're going to walk your, walk into, you're constantly reminding your brain of how bad it could be or what you should be fearing or how bad the rejection was or how bad it's going to be. So your brain naturally hears something that triggers this insecurity. For example, do you want to come to this party with me? And your brain's like, shit, fuck, shit, fuck. I'm going to protect you. I don't want you to suffer. I know how much you've thought about this. I know how much you hate the feeling and how much you fear it. So I'm now going to protect you and remind you of why you shouldn't go to that party. I'm going to say to you like, oh, remember the last time you went to that party? That was really painful. Remember when that person ignored you? That was painful. Remember when you cracked a joke and nobody laughed? Fuck that shit. Don't go, don't go, don't go. Your brain is doing that to protect you. Okay, And by protecting you, it makes you retreat. Your brain is trying to limit the chances of you feeling bad again. It's trying to limit the chances of you feeling vulnerable and open to being hurt again. But at the same time, it's fucking you over unintentionally. Okay, By doing that, by trying to protect you, it's actually damaging your chances of, of overcoming these insecurities and feeling better again about them. Now, I think it's super important to address your insecurities because insecurities are the killer of joy. Insecurities kill the present moment. They kill your ability to enjoy your life and they're a killer of freedom, okay? Now, one thing that you've got to come to terms with, and I'll explain, and it's going to make a lot more sense later on in this episode, but insecurities are delusions to a certain extent, okay? Because think about it. What is the opposite of insecurity. Security, right? Security is the opposite of insecurity. Can a stranger provide security for you? No. Can someone on a dating app provide security for you? Can your employer, can your best friend or your child, can your performance at work? No. Why? Because none of these things are reliable as far as long-term reliability. None of them, which means that they're not secure. The only thing that is secure and for certain is that you were born and that you're going to die. That's it, unfortunately, and that you're going to live in between. That's about it, okay? There's not much else that is secure. So a need for constant security in the external will cause you to feel insecure. And it is the level at which you need security from external factors that is going to determine the level of your insecurity. Because it will never Anything that's external to you can never achieve the feelings that you're searching for. You're looking in the wrong place and you're coming up with all the wrong answers and all the wrong feelings when you look in the wrong place. So let's find another way of looking at the things that generally make us feel insecure. Let's find ways to turn that around. 
if you live your life avoiding things that are going to cause insecurities and cause that feeling in you, then you are going to live life avoiding life. So you're just existing and avoiding the inevitable, okay? That's not fun. It's not fucking worth it. And you're going to reach the end of your life and be like, whoa, here I was trying to control things I couldn't control and suffering and having a shit time in the process when I could have changed how I viewed these things. Now, for the purpose of this episode, I want you to just think of one, maybe two, maximum three. Don't, don't get too fucking hard on yourself. But think about one to three things that, you, that are your main insecurities. They could be physical. Is it your teeth? Is it the way your knees look? You know how people have the weirdest concepts about what they're insecure about and everyone else is like, what? I never noticed. What is your insecurity? Is it something about your performance? Are you, do you think that you're really shit at X, Y, Z? Take a moment, pause this if you need to, and pick the top one to three things that you are insecure about and get clear on it because I want you to revert back to this theme, this particular one, as we work through the different points in this episode. So you've kind of got like a goalpost that you're kind of working around, if that is that even a fucking saying. And an easy way to think of one is think, what do you fear the most of when you think you're being judged by someone? What is your initial thought? If, if, if you like someone and you're about to meet up with them, what, what's your like, oh, I hope they don't say this or I hope they don't notice this or I hope that this doesn't crop up in conversation or I hope, what are your main fears and what do you avoid the most when you're meeting someone new, when you're dating someone or when you uh, have to perform or when you have to do something for work, okay? What are those main things? Just remember them, be mindful of them and we're going to revert back to them throughout the episode. Now, the first thing I want to talk about as far as points around your insecurities is where are these insecurities stemming from? Because there's a few different areas where they're stemming from. But the number one place where they stem from, because I know that a lot of people think it's got to be from your childhood, and that's one of them for sure. But the main one where insecurities stem from, it's around 40% of your insecurities stem from recent events. And this then causes us to project our fears into the future about what's going to happen next. So a recent event, main one, and the, literally the main one is heartbreak. You've been dumped. Someone dumps your ass and you're like, ah, fuck putting myself out there again because what if this happens again? I now feel like there's something, I just got rejected. I feel abandoned. What, how I felt, my confidence levels about how I am in a relationship have now, have now been shot down. Okay, And one of the things that affects people's emotional well-being in general and the most is the end of a romantic relationship or a heartbreak. That affects people's general well-being more than any other pain as far as statistically. So even over grief and loss and all of that, the, the main one is heartbreak. So I think this is a good one to revert back to because probably all of us have been there. And any form of rejection is going to make you think worse of yourself in, for most people. You're going to tend – when something goes bad, you tend to agree with what people tell you. And this, this is just so often the case for negative things and not so much for positive things. We're skewed towards negative because it does trigger more of an emotional response. When someone says something really mean to you, if there's a tiny bit of you that agrees with it, you then amplify it and magnify it and you, you tend to be like, oh, could this be true? Whereas if someone says something positive to you, 
depending on the kind of person you are. But in general, you think, oh, thanks. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, that's not true. Lol. And then you bring up something bad about yourself because that's just, you know, you think it might be the polite way of doing things or whatever. But things that occur around us really influence our levels of security or insecurity. If you're in a dating app and you're on a fucking roll and everyone's replying to you, everyone's replying back to the people that you've messaged, your confidence goes up, right? If the opposite happens, your confidence goes down and you feel insecure. We say it all the time, whether it's happened to us or whether we are the culprit or whether it's our best friends doing it. We see this whole thing of, oh, I don't really like that person. But fuck, they're doing wonders for my ego. They might not admit it, but fuck, they're doing wonders for my ego. So I'm going to keep seeing this person until something else crops up. People that don't feel 100% comfortable being alone and comfortable in their own skin and comfortable with who they are, are very likely to engage in those kinds of behaviors. The you're good for now, but not good long term. I will entertain this because you are my confidence blanket. And while I'm seeing you on the side and nothing's kind of exclusive or official here, I can then feel confident enough to put myself out there on dating apps and reach out. Because if I get rejected, I've got my ego booster person over here that's making me feel good about myself. How often have you been that person, the ego booster for somebody else? So many of us, I have, fuck knows how many times, we all have. We've been that little fucking, we've been the charity case for someone else doing their fucking self-love work for them because they can't do it for themselves. People do that all the time. It's because they're terrified of feeling insecure. Now, another place it can stem from, of course, like I said earlier, is how you've been raised. If you've always been raised being criticized, 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 it could be if you've been bullied in the past growing up and that's kind of your innate way of thinking, always criticizing yourself or if you're currently being bullied now. And then another big one, which is kind of falls into the first category, which is the recent events, but another big one is being in a very toxic um, relationship, toxic or abusive relationship. That's a huge one. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk about my three main points for how does insecurity manifest in in your behavior, and you're going to pinpoint which one you are or which one you know people being as most commonly in your life. And then I'm going to go into a whole bunch of points that you can, you know, take on board, activities you can do, thoughts that you can start to engage in to turn it around for yourself. So how does it manifest? The three main ones. Number one, retreating. This is the most common way that insecurities are going to manifest in your behavior. You feel insecure, so you start putting yourself out there less. You start engaging less. You don't want to risk being hurt again. You don't want to experience the pain of rejection, abandonment, being judged, feeling like a failure, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what do you do? You live small, you retreat, you pull back. That's really common. Number two, you pretend to be someone that you're not, and then you end up coming across as really inauthentic or forced. This often happens for people that have insecurities around um, social scenarios, whether it's dating or as, you know, just socializing with friends and stuff like that. The issue with this is that you're telling yourself, I, with what I have to offer, isn't good enough. So I now need to put on an act. I need to put on a show. I need to just, but it comes across really forced because you're not loose. You're not relaxed. You're not, you, there's no authenticity in the conversations. You're, you're like really intense. That's what often happens. Now, there's a difference between what I just mentioned here, pretending to be someone you're not, 
versus this idea of having an alter ego. I did an episode a while back and I, I referenced a book called Alter Ego and it's I think the episode's called Self-Love, um, The Different Versions of You or something like that. But basically it talks about the benefits of exploring the different sides of your personality and tapping into them when you need to and potentially even having that alter ego like Beyonce has Sasha Fierce when she's on stage so she can really get into it. That is different to what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about here is when you're saying to yourself, I, who I am authentically, is not good enough, so I need to pretend to be somebody else. When you do that, you reinforce to yourself that you're not good enough. Every time you say, oh, hide who I really am, hide how I normally react or the kind of humor that I have, put on an act, you're saying I'm not good enough, okay? And then the last one, the third one, it can manifest in you becoming very manipulative, bullying, or aggressive, the kinds of people that are very, that they will attack the other person before they get attacked. You see this very, very, very often in narcissistic um, people, narcissistic relationships, or really toxic relationships. It's this idea where someone's so insecure that they try and drag you down so they can feel better about themselves. So they're kind of the three categories that it's going to manifest in. They either turn into an absolute asshole and are horrible to other people because they hate themselves. They are pretending to be someone that they're not because they're not confident with who they are or they just retreat altogether. Okay, most of them, I reckon that the one that is most common or most relatable is the retreat one. Now let's talk about what you can actually do. I've got a whole bunch of points. I think I've got like eight or more points um, that you can do. Points on what you can do to change how you feel around your insecurities. Number one, learn, get to know the voice inside your head. You know, ask yourself, am I the kind of person that catastrophizes? Am I catastrophizing? Or is there confirmation bias going on? Are you taking one piece of information and converting that one piece of information into evidence to back your claims that you are not good enough? Okay, for example... If you hear someone laugh, are you then instantly going to conclude that they are laughing at you? They are laughing at how your outfit looks. They are laughing at how you are doing your workout. They're laughing at you. Or are you going to be like, oh, that's nice. Someone must have cracked a joke. Like it's all how you interpret things, right? Um, Are you thinking that if someone is looking at you, it's because it's something negative instead of A, they think it's something positive or B, they're glancing over and you happen to lock eyes and they're not even looking at you at all. You know, so you've got to learn to see where, what am I skewed to believe? What am I skewed to conclude? Because often people with deep insecurities have this confirmation bias that they will take one piece of evidence and turn it into a fact about something negative about themselves. So get to learn that voice inside your head and get get really good at questioning it and say, is this a fact? Do I have evidence? Or am I coming to a conclusion with no evidence whatsoever? Number two, I want you to now focus on taking action on the process and not focus on the result. If you focus on the result and what's going to happen, you're often focusing on something you cannot control because most of the things we do in life have to do with interacting with somebody else or something else. So you only ever have control over a percentage of what's going on in your life. You can never control everything because the moment it, it factors somebody in, you no longer have control of the outcome. 
you have control over your actions to a certain degree, but not of the outcome. So let's take dating apps for an, as an example. Instead of thinking, oh, I wish that, you know, if, if I'm messaging these people and they don't reply, I'm going to feel shit about myself. You're now focusing on the result. The result is they reply. So instead, your end game has to be the action that you're going to take. I want to, every time I think someone's really cute, I want to just send them a message. That's it. I've succeeded. If I've sent them a message, I've succeeded. And you end it there. To the extent that if you ever wanted to play a game with yourself, you could send the messages and then make sure that you do not check that app until the following day. So you're not checking, checking, checking with this checking behavior, which causes these irrational thoughts and it causes spiraling thoughts. You message people, put your phone down, and it's not until the following day that you check. But your aim is to only focus on the action and not the outcome. Number three, set mini milestones. This is kind of like exposure therapy. If it's a social thing and you feel really insecure, you just don't really have many friends, you can say to yourself, I'm going to go to this event for 20 minutes. I know it's a long party. I know it's supposed to go for hours. I'm going for 20 minutes. Or I'm going to speak to two strangers at this event. And the moment I've spoken to two strangers, I leave. Or one stranger, I leave. Or if you're not invited to an event and you don't have an event to go to, I am going to speak to somebody who is paid to be nice, as in customer service. That's a great way to build up your confidence. If you go to a cafe and the person who's serving you, you can easily talk to them. They cannot reject you. They have to be nice to you. That's a great way of exposure therapy. Start a conversation with someone who is going to talk to you. Then you start to realize, okay, this is fine. I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable. I'm, at, I'm buying jeans. I'm going to start asking that person how their day is going. It's got nothing to do with the jeans. You start building it up like that. These are like the mini milestones. And once you get comfortable doing that, then you can compliment a random. Say you're waiting at the lights to cross the street. You say, excuse me, sorry, where, where, what perfume are you wearing? That's the best and easiest way. They're going to turn around and be like, oh, they're flattered that you complimented them and they'll tell you what perfume they're wearing. And then you'll realize, wow, not only did I make that person feel good, but I was able to start a conversation with a total random that lasted all of 10 seconds. You know, those are really good ways to start to calm your insecurities about yourself and what people perceive you as, okay? Really tiny, tiny milestones are the best way to go. Number four, remind yourself that less is more. Less is more, less is more, less is more. We are so wrapped up in having, in getting others to like us or having others think that we're great or that we're enough. And we're so wrapped up in having to do enough or to be funnier or hotter or the hottest person here. You need to slow the fuck down and bring it back to basics, okay? If you don't have something to say or if you don't have something funny to say, you don't have to say anything. You can just sit back and listen, become a great listener. If you don't have something to contribute to the conversation, you don't have to contribute. And if you're thinking, but this person's not going to like me unless I contribute, then definitely don't contribute because you shouldn't be taking actions to get a result from someone. You shouldn't be doing something purely for someone to like you. So if you're in a situation right now being like, if I don't say something funny right now, they're not going to notice me and they're not going to like me, then just relax and think, well, my time will come later. This is not the time because I'm panicking right now and anything that's going to come out of my mouth is going to be fucking scrambled eggs, okay? Don't think that you have to say something when the time is right. This is forcing this inauthenticity in ourselves. You need to just relax. The more relaxed you are, the more you can have a conversation. 
And one of the best ways to learn how to have a conversation is just observe. Just sit in a conversation and listen. If there's two people talking, you can just sit there and only intervene when you're comfortable to intervene. Just take away the pressure of having to say something or having to have an opinion. If it feels authentic, it will come and you will feel comfortable to speak. But take the pressure away. And, and ironically, when you feel less pressure is when things flow so much better. Number five, always ask yourself before you're about to take action, when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling insecure or social anxiety or any kind of anxiety, ask yourself, is the action I'm about to do loaded with the intention that I have to impress somebody? If the answer is yes, then change what you're about to do. If that is the overall outcome that you're looking for to impress someone, change the action. Start teaching yourself that if your goal is to impress others, then you're always going to feel insecure if it doesn't go your way. If you're about to take an action thinking, fuck, I hope it lands because I'm only doing this to impress this person, then if it doesn't land, you're going to confirm to yourself that you shouldn't have done it and then you're going to feel insecure. You should only ever do an action when you're like, I want to do this action because I feel like it's me, it's authentic. Whether that person responds or not, it's who I am. So it's the right thing to do. And if that person doesn't like it, well then maybe maybe they're just not the person for me. Maybe I don't have to get this person to like me. Maybe the only version of me that they're going to like is the false version of me and then when are they going to find out the real version of me? Is it worth it? Is it worth it? We put so much pressure on ourselves to get individuals to like us that we end up losing our sense of self and then we become more and more anxious every time we're around them because we have to live up to the person that we were last time we saw them. Fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. When you're trying to impress someone, you're saying, I want you to say I'm great. I want you to tell me that I'm good enough. I want to, f- I want to feel fulfilled when you think that I'm good enough. That's not the way to do it because you can't control how people respond or how they're going to behave or what they're going to do or what they're going to say to you. You can't control it. So then you feel like a victim to the scenario. Number six, stop apologizing for shit that you don't have to apologize for. Like, sorry about my hair or oh, I'm so sorry about my outfit. Sorry that I don't have makeup on. What the fuck is with people apologizing for not having makeup on? That has to end immediately. If you do that, apologize to yourself and say, I'm a bad bitch and I'm never doing that again. Never again, okay? I'm a lord with no makeup. So fucking relish it, cunts. Number seven, always remember to put things into perspective. What you notice will often, if not always, be larger in your head than in the heads of other people around you. Like, Some of the shit that people say, oh, my biggest insecurity is dot, 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 especially when they're talking about something physical about themselves. And you'll be like, what? I never, never would have noticed, okay? You always think about yourself and how you look and what you're doing so much more than what other people do to the extent that you're probably so busy worrying about what people are thinking about you that the other person in front of you is also thinking the same way and you're both having this little war in your heads while you're interacting with each other. It's actually, if it wasn't so sad, it'd be funny. So put things into perspective. Sometimes if you imagine someone else having or doing what makes you insecure about yourself, you think, oh, well, it's not so bad on them. I actually think their hair looks fine or I actually think they look great without makeup or their performance actually was fine. They, whatever they stuffed up in, I like 
barely noticed. Or they did stuff up, but hey, don't we all? It, you know, like when you look at someone else do what you torment yourself about, you, you're so much kinder in general, unless you're a wanker, you're so much kinder to them. In your, even in your head silently, you're like, yeah, fuck, what, you know, it's great. I don't even notice it. So that's what I mean about putting things into perspective. You're always going to magnify something in your head. Number eight, this is my favorite one. This is the last one and my favorite one. Remember the beauty of impermanence. Nothing is permanent. And this helps me so much. When I'm feeling insecure, for example, if I'm going through struggles with my work or what I, you know, whatever it is that I do, or if something didn't go as well as I thought it would go, or if certain things have slowed down, I remind myself of the last time that I felt that way. And I remind myself how back then, when things went slow, how I thought that this is it. It's slowed down. This is it. Um, it's done. It's finished. And then things picked up again. If you re- and then so I remind myself that nothing is permanent. When things were slow, yeah, they were slow at the time, but it's not permanent. When something didn't go the way I thought it would go professionally or emotionally, it sucked at the time, but it wasn't permanent. And they always turn around. Things always turn around. If you remind yourself that nothing is permanent or that everything comes in waves, then you're so much better at handling life in general because you are not denying reality, okay? People are going to reject you. You're going to have failures professionally. You're going to have things about your body that you don't adore as much as on somebody else. Shit is going to happen, okay? But things come in waves. Nothing is permanent. And if you try and fight it, you suffer. The pain you experience now won't last. And the euphoria you're experiencing now won't last either. And when it ends, don't resist. When the euphoria ends, don't resist. Keep growing and it's going to manifest again in another way in your life. The same goes for pain. Whatever pain you're feeling right now won't last forever. So don't resist it. If you're going through something that makes you feel like a failure or an idiot or makes you feel rejected and you feel like you can't go on, be the reasoning. Tell yourself, this is not going to last. Nothing is permanent. This will pass. Don't let that paint who you are as an individual because you are temporarily going through something that's causing you pain or discomfort. Things come and go all the time. We come and go on this earth. We are not permanent. Our own lives are not permanent. So are you going to allow something that has no permanence in your life, which your life itself is not permanent, take over your ability to be happy? Yes or no? Only you can make that call. Am I going to allow this impermanent fucking fleck of dust affect my happiness? Yes or no? And remind yourself of that all the time. Nothing is permanent. Nothing is permanent. The bad will pass and the good will pass too. So while it's happening, I'm going to milk it. If you can remember this and remember this often, then you're more likely to make the most of your life. You're more likely to take those risks, to be in the moment, to when something happens, you think, oh, fucking, okay, it is what it is. I put myself out there and it didn't work. Next, next. Because if I dwell on this, then, then what am I doing with my life? What am I doing? Do this with the high points, but also with the low points in your life. And if you don't, you're going to risk wasting your life away, avoiding things that fuel insecurities, which are technically all in your head. Just remind yourself, you've got nothing to lose. 
I always remind myself, I've got nothing to lose. If I've got my mind and my sanity, if I've got my health and my inner circle of people that I'm closest to, I have nothing to lose. If you think you have everything to lose, you will live with insecurities of being judged, rejected, abandoned, fear of failure. If you're always worried about losing your status, losing your beauty, losing your popularity, losing your job, if you're always worried about losing these things, that's where insecurity is going to crop up. Always be this level-headed mind. Nothing is permanent. I have nothing to lose. Everything that's important is not going anywhere. Everything else comes and goes. Okay? So even romance, even romance, and I've said it a million times and I'll say it again, even if you stay with the person you're with, with the love of your life till the day you die, if that's what you want, even if you stay with them till that point, nothing will be permanent within your relationship. That relationship itself will go through so many evolutions. Who you are dating at 20 is different to 30, different to 50 is different to when you have children versus when you retire. There's many different lives within that one relationship. The same goes for your career. The same goes for who you are as a person. Impermanence is beautiful, okay, because it reminds you that you have nothing to lose. Ultimately, you have nothing to lose, okay? So go over those eight points again. Go over them as many times as you need to. Reiterate those things. So let's quickly go over them. Learn to talk to the voice inside your head and know when it's catastrophizing. Number two, focus on taking action and not focusing on, and don't focus on the result. Number three, set many milestones. Number four, less is more. Stop having to take action when, when you don't know what to do. Number five, is your current action being done to impress someone? And if it is, don't do it. Number six, stop apologizing for shit about yourself that you're insecure about. Number seven, learn to put things into perspective. And number eight, remember the beauty of impermanence. Guys, that is the podcast for today. I'm going to, like I haven't done the last few episodes, I want to do a little shout out to my beans around the world. We've got a few different cities and locations around the world that I want to hit up. So here we go. We've got Wexford in Ireland, Croydon in the UK, Averroi in Norway, Milan, Italy, and Armada, Portugal. Armada. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm guessing I'm guessing that's right. Let's just hope. Um, that is all, my beans. Thank you so much for listening, for sharing the podcast, for sharing it to your friends, for sharing it on Instagram. I love it when you guys um, tag me and everything and share it to the world on your stories. It literally makes my day seeing all these people around the world listening to the podcast. So thank you so much. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, um, it's at Alexis Predez, P-R-E-D-E-Z is the handle. Also, fun fact, the Do You Fucking Mind card game is alive again. I've got new stock. It's up. It's ready. It's, it's, we're live. So if you go to www.dyfmpod.com, Dot com, then you can access the card game. I do ship worldwide. Love that for all of our global beans. Um, and so the pre-sale has opened and I will start shipping on Tuesday the 17th. So in literally like four days. So you can order the card game now, secure your card game and I will ship it off to you around the world. Guys, thank you so much. As always, I adore you. And remember, be kind to yourselves be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Danke.